All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 204 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger, alongside uh, Frank Saravalli, who uh, has become a regular at uh, Florida Disney World. Uh, <laughs> Frank, um, how what is it, your 19th time you said in the last oh few years? God. I'm joking. I think it's like six or seven. It though. feels like it. Honestly, it's like paying a, a tax to the mouse. You just... It's honestly coming back to to the hotel after. So we, we did a quick little trip to Disney last week. That's that's like my wife's into that and that's her thing. So such is life. Um, but there's there's a guy walking into the hotel. He had like five kids in tow. He was carrying two coolers oh, and he dying. and a stroller and he just looked absolutely defeated and i was just like buddy been there know how you feel is is, is there like a a room at the hotel where you have you know that parents who've been lugging their kids around for for 14 hours can can meet up for for therapy or unfortunately uh, or not. beverage there should be that would be a killer i just what would you do with your kids then that's the probably they're they're gonna be like, the like, ain't going room. anywhere i, I don't There's know sleep in the hotel room they hire out of like a, a TV watcher while your kids sleep. I don't know how they do it, man. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I don't know how people do it and do it regularly. I just, 
I'm good if I never go again in my life. Uh, see, I've never, I've never been actually yet. We're gonna You've go. Never next. been to Disney, no. land or go, world. No, we're gonna go next year with my son. So oh. that'll be his first time. So. Well, you'll understand then when you get there. Are you gonna go to land or world? Well, see, that's where the debate is. I've had, I've had people tell me which one's necessarily better. That the world has way more parks, and it's probably a little bit for for older people. But um, that Disneyland is is better for young ones. Well, he's ten, so he's kind of maybe a tweener. I'm not sure, but. I don't know. The one's way closer. That's for me. That's all I know. Yeah. There's also just wait. There's definitely way more to do at Disney world. You mentioned the parks. There's like four of them. Okay. So it's, they're all, it's, it's a monstrosity. It's its own, like it's its own zip code, everything. Like it's crazy. Cause like I've been to universal studios, which I know is right around Disneyland. So to me, Disneyland has a few different things. Is it not? Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. You could, you, we could do a whole pod just based on this. Like I, I'm Jay. I, all I know is got back late last week and I'm just, I needed a vacation from the vacation. <laughs> like I, I took the, like basically the only three days that I took off all season and I, it was an instant regret. Yeah. That's a tough one. So any of our listeners tell me if you're taking a 10 year old who likes rides which is better, Disney World or Disneyland? Uh, hook, hook, uh, let me know on Twitter at Jason Gregor. I'd be I'd be very curious to see what the uh, what the insight is from veterans. The guys like the one Frank described. You know, the the guy who's tired, who's been there with two kids. Three, I only have one, so it'll be easier. I don't need a stroller anymore, so that'll be maybe for myself. But I won't uh, I won't need one for my kids. So, but any of those veterans who have trugged around with multiple kids. Who, who, who have felt the pain, that's what I want to hear from. Just be prepared that's- to remortgage your house. Yeah, here it's expensive. Oh, uh, just without having bought one thing, family of four, just to walk in the gates, a thousand bucks. A day? Yes. And you would think with the lines to get in that they're giving it away. <laughs> Really? And the lines to actually ride the rides. And did you buy that? Like, is some people have told me if you go, you got to get to pay the extra fifty bucks for the pass. So you don't have to wait in line. Is that legit? Depends where you go. Like, they, so they've changed it at Disney a bit. Like, it's like fifteen dollars a ride now, and you kind of have to pay a la carte. It used to be that you would get three passes a day. It's a mess. And then at Universal, it's getting crazier. It's like two hundred dollars per person. And then you get there and it says, oh, I paid for the express pass. You only get to skip half the line, not the whole line. What? Yeah. So it basically comes out to $400 per person per day to enter the park. If you get the express pass at Universal. Whew. I'm telling you, it, I, it's I, the lines and the people there, like you would think that they are giving it away. If you have a family of four and you stay in the park and you go for a week, like you cannot do the trip for less than $15,000. And that's not including your flights. Huh? might have to rethink this. <laughs> I'm telling you, do Jeez. everything you can to avoid this. I thought, like I go to Maui and Maui's expensive. Um, but whew, geez. I, I, I went to get a slice of pizza in the park. Okay. A slice of pizza $13. If you would like a whole pizza, it's 43. 
for a pizza. Yeah. It's better to At get my pizza. local neighborhood pizzeria, it's twelve dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. Like I understand a little bit of markup. Like if you want to hammer me for 30 bucks, double yes. it. All right, whatever. 43 bones for a pizza. What? So what's the best time of year then? That's the other question that Jason Greger on Twitter. There is no what's, good. The, what's the best time of year where it's the fewest line, like the lowest lineup? That's what I need. I don't care if it's a time that's not ideal for me, but I'm going for the ideal uh, fewer lines. So that's what I need. Good luck. I would say almost every day is, is insanely crowded. Yeah. There's, there's a week, there's a couple weeks in early December before Christmas that it's not very crowded. And I've done that, but even then you're still waiting out. Like you're legit waiting 90 minutes per ride, two hours per ride, 90 minutes. Oh my God. I love that you haven't been there. Cause it sounds so mind blowing. Like why would anyone sign up? Yeah. For like what are the, who are these? Why would you go for that? Oh, dude. To, you are you are preaching to the converted, my man. Oh, like there should be a limit. There should be a maximum capacity at this place. No, no, no. Right, we got. Hey, people want to talk about changing the seating rules in the NHL. Let's talk about changing the capacity rules at Disney World and Disneyland. Now that to me would have some legitimacy. Any dad out there who's done this is like they're they're nodding their head in in approval as I say this. Do oh. save yourself. Do oh. not go. Mike, you know what? My son's never really asked, Frank. Maybe don't I'll don't ask, don't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. he's brought, he's brought it up once, but that's it. So it's nice it, that you live forever away from either. You've park, convinced so. me exactly. Yeah. You've convinced me. I'll wait until because you know what, Frank? When I when I was like nineteen, I wanna I want a trip to uh, Vegas, and it wasn't good enough because I was nineteen, so I went to L.A. and I went to Six Flags, and me and my brother. Now that was unreal. It was all adult rides at 19. And there was like, I don't remember any, maybe waited 10 minutes in line. That was one of the, like, that, I love rides. So maybe I'll just wait till he's older. We'll go to Six Flags. Yeah. Wait till he's older and you can go to Epcot and drink your way around the world. Oh. Stop at each country and have a pop. All right. Well, see, that sounds way better. That's like a father son bonding experience. So I can yeah, get around. That, okay. That's, that's pretty awesome. I like that. Um, let's get to some uh, some NHL. It's it's another week's gone by. We had a rare week off for us, and not a whole lot changed in the in the playoff standings. Really, uh, you look at it. Pittsburgh and New York are still in, and uh, Florida is the only team with a chance. But uh, they had a brutal week. They lost three in a row, and uh, now they're three points back at Pittsburgh. Uh, they're four back at the Islanders. Now they do have a game in hand versus the Islanders, and. They play uh, at Ottawa tonight, do the Panthers, and the Islanders are taking on New Jersey. So, in theory, Florida wins, Islanders lose in regulation, and then they're two back with uh, with a game in hand. So, there's still a little semblance of a race. Conversely, if, if the Panthers lose tonight and the Islanders win, I think they're done for sure. But... You know, there's there's lots on the line tonight for those Panthers, Frank. They got to figure things out. Like, talk about the worst time of the year to have a three-game losing skid. Yeah, that's – they played so well before that, too. Um, I, it's kind of hard to figure for a team that's knocking on the door. Like, they they could have been in a spot waking up today where they'd be, like, quite literally tied and, and right there. And in the meantime, while we were away, the, no shock, but the Canes – and Devils both clinched, and the Toronto Maple Leafs can clinch on Monday night. 
Oh yeah. Like there's, you know, those guys are making the playoffs and um, you know, there, there's lots of people in basically Toronto, nowhere else. that's complaining about the, well, I've known since November who you're playing. I'm like, well then be better than Boston in the regular season. Florida mm-hmm. was like, it's not like you can't finish first. Florida proved it. You can finish first in your division. If you don't want to be in the two, three spot, finish first. Crazy. In the uh, West, both of us thought Calgary and Nashville had slim chances of catching Winnipeg, and another week has passed, and really, not much is uh, not much has changed there, other than the uh, the games in hand. And games in hand, we talked about, are only valuable if you win them. And you know, Calgary's four back with eight to go, and they don't have the tiebreaker, so they basically have to gain five points on Winnipeg. So let, let's say Calgary goes seven and one, for argument's sake, that gets them ninety five points. Then uh, then Winnipeg. What do they need? Um, they need ten points. Then out of eight games, they'd have to go five and th- five and three. That's all they'd have to do, right? But I guess if they go, you know, five, two, and one, well, then they're in. Or if they lose four, so I guess there's a chance. But Calgary winning seven out of eight games, Frank, is about as likely, I think, as um, you going to Disney World again this season. Yeah, that ain't happening, bud. I told my wife, look, no problem. If you want to go again, all good. Just count me out. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with like having another baby. I'm, if you want to have another baby, that's great. It just ain't with me. Um, but for the flames, like why it, it's amazing that the jets just haven't put them out of their misery. Yeah. Both the flames and Nashville, like Nashville actually has a better points percentage. It's the Preds who have a like more likely chance to make the playoffs than the jet, than the flames. Yeah. But the jets just get it together. All you need is to win like three games in a row and it's over. And Winnipeg has a pretty easy schedule this week. They're in San Jose Tuesday and then they play uh, Detroit at home on Friday. So they got lots of rest between games. You know, San Jose right now is uh, they've, uh, they've gained significant ground in the Bedard race. That is probably the, uh, the most uh, intriguing race, arguably. Oh, the Blackhawks right are doing it perfect too. Five in, in a row, five losses. Oh, well, Hey, what are the Sharks won? One out of 12? So, yeah. I mean the Sharks. Yeah. So an update there for all of our fans at the bottom of the stands, San Jose and Columbus, each with 53 points, Columbus, 10 games left. San Jose has nine. Chicago has nine. They're at 54 and the Anaheim ducks losers of four in a row have put themselves back in the race as uh, they have 56. So it's 53 San Jose and Columbus, 54 Chicago, 56 Anaheim. And, um, you know, that race is, is, is going to heat up, uh, no question. Uh, those teams are – and some of them had a stretch, like Arizona's winning a lot of games, and so they put themselves out. It's really a four-team race now because even Montreal. Montreal's now at 64 points. They got no chance. Um, so their only best chance is having the fifth-best odds. How about the Canucks? The Canucks are two points away. They're two points away from not having any – like a 0% chance. Well, at- three right? Because they got to catch Washington right now. They're in 10th and Ottawa's 11th. The top 11 teams have a chance. Okay. But still that's three points away from 0%. Yeah. Which is a failure. Well, as I've always said, they're just proof in the pudding. Don't ask players to tank. It doesn't work. They're never going to tank. Oh, look at Arizona. They're the prime. We talked about that last week was just that they're the prime I think we believe we had a little fisting reference. They're fisting their GM. Oh, I mean, so the, 
But here's the thing. I don't think it really matters once you get from 31st to 27th or 28th. You're talking about 2%, 1% either way. Yeah. The real big difference is between 32nd and 31st. Because yes. the way the odds are structured, having gotten rid of, uh, well, first off, you can't uh, climb more than 10 spots. So the only 11 teams have a chance. Prior to you know a couple of years ago, that that was all teams that missed the playoffs. So yeah. you've taken those additional percentage points from teams that were to miss the playoffs, and you've actually theoretically added them to the first lottery position. So what you'll see published from the NHL is that the 32nd place team has an 18.5% chance to win Connor Bedard, but in reality, it's actually 25.5%. So the difference between 32nd and 31st is 12 whole percentage points, which is an enormous deal. You go from 18.5 published to 25.5% in reality. That's a huge difference. Oh, 100%. And the other thing is there used to be three spots. Now it's only two that you can move up in. So um, that's another thing to, to look for. Well, and, and that actually we- matters because I don't know if you watched any of the Frozen Four or NCAA tournament, excuse me, to get down to the Frozen Four. But Fantilli, like getting Adam Fantilli is in most years, almost every year would be the number one overall pick. Yep. That, that's fair. Yeah, he should be a good player. Like, um, but you know, there, there's probably a significant gap. Like look at Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. Right, Jack oh, Eichel. There, there is a significant gap, but the point being, you don't want to be finishing seventh or eighth, like the Canucks might and, and not have a shot at, at not only Connor Bedard, but then not have a shot at any of the next three guys. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah, like you look at Vancouver. Yeah, they're uh, they're right on the cusp of knocking themselves out of it, which is uh, – and I know the players give two you-know-whats, Frank. The players, they could care. Like, a lot of the players – I remember talking to veterans. They don't even know who half the draft picks are. Like you've heard of Bedard because he's being hyped up a lot, but most years they didn't know like who Nico Heischer was. And no offense to him or Rasmus Dahlin. The vast majority of players are like, who? Is they, that all players or just the older players? Like, I would argue that Kent Johnson and, I don't know, pick another like pick another Columbus player. Like, they, those guys are like, yeah, we like, how amazing would it be to get Connor Bedard? Yeah, they would like him. I agree with you. I think there's some guys who know it, right? The, probably pl- younger players on bad teams have a better chance because they've we, likely played with them, right? Like, Mason McTavish would know full well what Bedard can do. When it's not play with them, but it's also the idea of playing with them for the next 10 years that I think they actually care. Yeah. But do they care enough not to play their masses? Exactly. So, yeah. Ken Johnson isn't going to go in the room. Hey, Johnny, Patrick, let's uh, let's take our foot off the gas tonight. I'd like us to get a 25% chance to win Bedard. Like, how do you even, you know, how do you broach? That's why the, the conversation is ridiculous. How do you think any self-respecting I, I just don't think you say it. Is going to do it. I think yeah. you don't say it and you just do it. Hey, guys, these last eight games of the season mean absolutely SFA. Sweet fuck all. Let's, let's just do everything that we can 
to make sure that we get this guy if possible. So let's give ourselves the best opportunity because it's going to make our team better next year. You know what? I would love true serum on a, on a leader of a team. If that's ever been said, like, was that meant? I, I said, don't say it, just do it. Just yeah, yeah. show up. Uh, I don't know. But if one guy does it, that's get my absolutely point. go have a ball the night before. Go, go get tanked. Like the only, the, the best guy to do it in hockey would be your veteran goalie. Right. Oh, I'm going to let a squeaker in here. Oh, I'm going to over, uh, you know, I'm going to leave a top shelf open. going to go down early. Here comes Austin Matthews. Oh, I'm going to give him six inches on the shoulder. I'm pretty sure he can score. That's yeah. the guy. I, I just, uh, I, uh, that's a conversation I'd be having, but I don't even know that you need to say anything. Yeah. If you're Ask really me. committed to that team and, and for the foreseeable future, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, but it's not going to happen, which makes the race, the lottery race, actually maybe more intriguing than the playoff race right now because it's closer. you got four yeah. teams within three points, so it's actually probably a little bit more entertaining for those who are watching. Now, speaking of Matthews, uh, what do you have, 15, 13 shots? On, 15 uh, shots. 15 shots on Saturday night. And uh, I know he'd been playing through an injury, Frank. It looks like he's healthy. Like, just the – the velocity in which the puck was coming off his stick, and uh, that could be huge news for Toronto if if Austin Matthews rounds into form for playoff time. I can't even tell you how significant a development that is. All season long, regardless of whatever the stat said, it's been an eye test thing. Austin Matthews has not; he hasn't had any of the same swagger, any of the same threat. Like that guy. He was an assassin last year. He walked into the rink and you're like, this guy, he knows he's good. And for whatever reason, I think must be due to health. He hasn't had it this season and hasn't been close. And the first time that I saw it all season long was Saturday night. 15 shots on net, two goals. By virtue of that, still only shot 13%, which is mind-blowing. It is... Uh, the second most shots on goal in a game by a player in the salary cap era. It's tied for third most ever since shots have been counted. Like it, it's, it's an incredible, I think not achievement, but an incredible indication of where this guy's game is at right now at this exact moment of time. It feels like you could put a stake in the ground and say game number, whatever it was, 72, 71, that Austin Matthews is back, game number 72. And if, if that is the case, and I, you, know, you look at these last three games and you say six points in two games, four goals in, uh, in three games, you say, okay, it, it looks like he's back. And then now that, that was the production-wise, now you've got the actual you know, game and eye test to prove it. So if you're going back, 14 games, that's 10 goals in 14 games, 20 points. It, it feels like he's back. Well, and that would be huge news for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs because not only is, is he back, but the Tampa Bay Lightning, Frank, are, are kind of, you know, they're stubbing their toe on the way to the playoffs. They have not looked yeah. great here for, for the last 10 games. They've lost four in a row. And I know people say, hey, like, there's a lot of people who say you can't just flip a switch. If you're a team that's gone to the Stanley Cup final three times, 
maybe you have a better odds of uh, flipping the switch. But their defense core in Tampa is a shadow of the defense core that went, went to the Stanley Cup finals. They're just not as deep, right? I don't, I don't think anyone can argue that, that they're not as deep as they've been. And uh, for all the Leafs fans that were complaining about, oh, we know who we play. I'll tell you right now, you would rather have this format than um, than if you went to uh, to one versus four because or four versus, versus five because uh, you would be playing the Rangers instead of Tampa Bay because uh, Toronto's currently fourth, Rangers are fifth, one point behind them. They're eight one and one in their last ten games, and Tampa six. So uh, be careful what you wish for. And complain for because I, I know that in 16 and 17, Pittsburgh and Washington, they had the two most points in the East and they met in the second round and Washington lost both times. Pittsburgh went to the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, it's a rarity that, that the teams with the most points are, are meeting up. Um, I know uh, you look at uh, Tampa and Boston also, I think, in 18, that happened. But the other years, it hasn't happened since. And if you're Toronto, and that's where most of the moaning's been coming from, they, they should look and say, oh, no, 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 no. This playoff format's fine because uh, otherwise you'd be playing a surging Rangers team. And that would be, I think right now that would still be a harder matchup than Tampa Bay. I'm just – I'm over the whining about the playoff format in general. Agreed. Just – it is what it is. There's no appetite to change it from the NHL's perspective. And I don't think it's broken. No. Except four and four. That's the easiest change. Yeah, okay, fine. But – I don't even know that you, you still don't, I don't know that you need it. Well, think about it for this. It's a nice wrinkle, but I I don't know that you need it. But let's say Vegas Frank wins their division, right? They end up having to fly to Winnipeg instead of Seattle over one point difference between Winnipeg and Seattle. Like you're the number one team. That's a pretty significant, now you're going two time zones instead of going to puddle jumper to Seattle. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't make sense. It's like you're punishing the team that finished first. I guess I, it's not broken. No reason to keep complaining about it. It ain't changing anyway, even if you do. And did it like? Did anyone feel bad for the Calgary Flames in the in the 1980s? Well, it was more so the Jets, man. Let's be honest. Winnipeg Jets fans. How many were- really good Flames teams lost to the Oilers year after year? Not the Jets. Like well, it, it took it took until 1989 for all, that Flames team that could have won the cup any which of those years to get through and win. Well, no, remember the Steve Smith goal was 86, right? And I'm saying to they, win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, but they beat the Orders right in 86. Right. All I'm time. saying is that it put in another division that Flames team might have went to the final four times, five yes. times. Yeah. Did That's anyone fair. feel feel bad for them? But did I would anyone, argue, like, did anyone the, cry for them? Yeah, like the Jets were in even worse because Calgary and Edmonton were the two best teams a lot of those years, and the Jets would finish like with a hundred points, and they would be fourth most points in the NHL, and they'd be and they'd have to face one of those two teams in the first round or the second round. So, uh, trust me, Toronto fans, um, others have had it much worse. And if you don't break through this year again, the fault is on your own team. Hundred percent, because now you're dealing with two different opponents. The Bruins and then the Lightning. Yeah. And they also like, uh, hold on a second here. It's not just those two teams. What happened to losing to Montreal in the North division? Like what's the excuse then? And what happened? What happened when you didn't beat Columbus in the play-in in the bubble? Like 
Who's, whose fault is that? It's no one but the team and the group, which is why I think with all the changes that they made at the deadline this year, basically changing out a third of their roster, that it's there's no there's no one that you can look at now in the front office and say, oh man, they, you know, they left some stones unturned. I, I mean, I personally have some questions about their goaltending. Maybe they came to the determination that Samsonov and Mary combined are as you know, about as good as whatever they could have traded for on the open market. And I would tend to like agree statistically that that's the case. I still don't think necessarily from the start of the season, that's the path that I would have gone down reshaping my goalie tandem in the summer. Nonetheless, they've taken all of the blame away from themselves and put it squarely on the players. If you don't get it done now, we, it's not like we didn't arm you with every possibility to get there. And especially if you can't beat a lightning team that has scuffled. And as you said, their defense isn't nearly as good this year. Victor had been, has been a shell of himself this season for the most part. If you don't win, it's on you. Yeah. I I, dude, I totally agree. Um, looking at the central, you want to talk about the greatest race, Minnesota, 93, Colorado and Dallas, 92 and Colorado has a game in hand on both uh, Minnesota and Dallas. And you know what, that is a, that is a huge race because you know, the importance of finishing first is, you know, you get to avoid one of those teams in the, uh, in the opening round. And, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, Winnipeg, if, if that's who you get, or maybe you get Seattle, like that's, it's probably going to be Seattle at this juncture. Or maybe Edmonton, if Seattle can somehow manage to catch Edmonton. So, you know, it's it's not like the top team, you know, gets a, a massive break. Although I would still say of all the eight teams in the West, if I get to if I'm one of the top four teams and I get to pick five through eight, I'm picking Seattle all day long because they're goaltending. Yeah, I'm picking Seattle too, because the relative lack of experience. It kind of feels like whatever happens with Seattle, it's gonna be, well, we're happy to be here. We're happy to get in, mission accomplished. We hit our big goal for the season because no one's expecting anything more from the Kraken than that. And that can be a dangerous team to play because they're playing with house money. But I would say in general, they're they're deep, but their top-end skill isn't anywhere near no. these other teams. And no. so that's the big difference maker. And that's a big reason why I think this Austin Matthews development in the last you know 10 games here is enormous because I think stars are what put you over the top when it matters most. The depth is is great, but you need your absolute best players playing at their absolute best. Wholeheartedly agree. You know, there's a lot of talk about depth, depth, depth. Yeah. Depth is nice. Don't get me wrong. You need depth, but your top end guys are ultimately the deciding factors in 90% of the time. Sure. There's the odd game. You know what uh, you can go, you know, there's an odd game on every organization a year where, you know, a Dupuis scored some big goals for Pittsburgh at times in their cup run. And, you know, you had Nick Bonino again for the Penguins. You go down the list of guys on different organizations. Remember the HBK line? Like, I mean, everyone's had moments, but Look at the Oilers last year. They basically get to round three only on the back of two players. They they dispatched the Pacific Division winner in five games based on, what was it, 15 and 16 point rounds in the playoffs? Like, come on. In, In five games. Yeah, and Dreisaitl was on one leg after, uh, you know, the, the Mickey Anderson takedown. Mm-hmm. 
Think about that. So that then they that's where depth comes in in the next round in the conference final because their stars in McDavid and Drysaddle, Drysaddle banged up. McKinnon and Kale McCarr kind of they mat they they neutralize them, and then it comes down to the depth. Yeah. Well, and Colorado last year, make no mistake, their depth was way better. There's no Kadri. Right, there's no Burakovsky this year. That's two significant top six guys that mm-hmm. are gone. And Landeskog, when he comes back, will have not played all season long. So Colorado, not as deep as they were last year, no question. But still about. don't want to play them. Oh, hundred percent. I wouldn't either. Right, and uh, Mikey Anderson, not Mickey, but um, I wouldn't want to play him. Now that leads me to the Kings, Frank. Uh, them and the Blues had quite the game. Kings were up five one, and after the first period, looked like they'd coast home. They end up winning seven to six over the uh, the Blues, who are just playing uh, for pride at, at this moment. The the Kings are on an absolute tear and, and a heater right now. Um, Vegas, same thing. Even Edmonton, the, the, the three hottest teams in the NHL since March 1st are on the Pacific Division. Which one of those teams, Frank, after you look at the last week, do you like the best for a long playoff run in the Pacific? Hmm... So my choices are L.A., Vegas, and Edmonton? Yes. Edmonton. Just based on exactly what I just said. Okay. The star power. Like, I, I, don't, I don't like Edmonton's goaltending that much either, but I don't think it's any different or any, any better or any worse than Vegas or L.A. And I, just, I, I think the differentiator is the stars. Like, Jack Eichel has had... Is it fair to say disappointing? Below underwhelming, average, underwhelming, like whatever you want to call it. Like, I'm sorry, he hasn't come close in just about any year to living up to ten million bucks a year. Fair, not even close. And that's not just I'm not slagging one, but it's just a bad contract. And. I like the defense core that they have in Vegas. Like I like Petrangelo in the playoffs. I think he's such a critical part of, of whatever success they have. But I, I mean, Vegas is also missing their sort of emotional leader. They're the guy that's there. He's, he's the straw that stirs the drink in Mark Stone. What are you hearing on Stone? Is he coming back for the playoffs? <sighs> I, I have not heard anything. I, I, I think it's a long shot to think that he plays in the playoffs, but we'll see. I, I, the, the things that I heard again about Stone and not to play Dr. Saravalli on, on podcast, I know he had the, the surgery and they're hopeful that he's going to be able to you know, resume playing sometime soon. That when it happened again, there were real concerns. Is, is this guy, is his career over? Like that was the sort of side conversation. The one that no one wanted to say out loud is this is the second pretty significant back injury in as many years. At what point does that become a real cause? Like you can't do anything without your back, your back and your core. Those are like, good luck. Yeah. Now here's the other fun stat about Vegas in the month of March. Vegas has played 13 games. They're 11 and two. They've had five different goalies start games. 
due to injuries. Jonathan Quick, Aiden Hill, Yuri Patera, Logan Thompson, Lauren Brassois. Logan Thompson came back, played his first game in, in six weeks in Calgary last week, got it, re-injured with six minutes to go. Then against Edmonton, Lauren Brassois played his first game in, in quite a while. I think he's only played four or five games in, in the last calendar year, and he's looked pretty good. Uh, in those games, it's it's wild to me that a team over a 13-game stretch has had five different goalies start them games. They've gone 11 and two. I'm going to say that that's never happened in uh, in NHL history. Because first of all, it's hard to go 11 and two in 13 games. Never mind with five different uh, goalies. And Brassois and Thompson won their only game. But Tara went two and zero. Aiden Hill is two and one. And uh, Johnson Quick is five and one. And I am that to me just shows you, hey, uh, give Vegas credit. They've overcome a lot of different injuries. How many teams even have five goalies that they could feel confident enough in to play in the in the NHL in March when you're pushing for a playoff race? So I give Vegas a lot of credit right now, Frank. They've they've dealt with some adversity and uh, they haven't let it impact them at all. And that makes them still, you know, a little fearful. If I was, you know, LA or Edmonton or whoever, Seattle, who's ever uh, or. Uh, uh, Winnipeg, whoever might have to play them in the first round because it now maybe it becomes an issue in the playoffs, right? We'll see. But that to me is mind mind blowing. Five in thirteen games, and you go eleven and two. Didn't I don't know if it was a record, but four wins in a row from four different goalies. I'd have to look it up. Uh, that's close. a banana stat too. Yeah. So. I am credit like Edmonton and Vegas. That was a really good game on Saturday night. Went to overtime, and um, you know the orders lose, which is for the Oilers' sake. I, they they better hope they don't play Vegas because Vegas owns the Oilers in Edmonton. Yeah, but Edmonton owns Vegas in in Vegas, which is crazy because they were they're maybe five. We'd have in a, the last two years. Maybe we'd have a, a rematch. Well, so but Vegas has won more than that in a row. They've won like eight or nine in a row in Edmonton, no. right? No. No, because uh, no, Edmonton beat them uh, six uh, something last year. No, Edmonton's five and two in the last two years over Vegas. That Remember was that Rangers Hurricane series last year where every team lost on the, on road. the road. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah, five one and one actually is Edmonton because they lost in overtime. So. That'd be wild. Um, so yeah, what about what if we got Canes Rangers again too? It's a possibility. It is. I think the Canes are going to figure. I think the Canes are still going to be. It's going to be New Jersey and the Rangers. Which selfishly, that's, that's what, what I want. we need. Yes, yes, be awesome. Like they're New Jersey's three back with a, and Carolina has a game in hand, right? Um, and Carolina owns a tiebreaker, so it's kind of a four point lead with mm-hmm. nine games to go. Could it could extend to a six game if Carolina uh, wins their game in hand? So um, I I still think Carolina's finishing first. And it's going to be New Jersey and the Rangers. It's going to be no travel. That those two fan bases, shout out, man, because that that's a rink. I, you want to be in either one of those arenas because I think the rivalry. Just I'll try to limit the fights amongst the fans. That's hmm. that's what I'd want. Good to luck, promote. fans. Try not to start knocking each other out in the arena. Okay, it's not cool. You don't need to do it. You don't need to be sucker punching guys. Good so, luck. But uh, it's it's likely going to happen. Sadly. Hmm. Good luck. Honestly, I look at the first round. Tampa, Toronto has tons of intrigue because Tampa's been to the uh, last three cups. And uh, even though it looks like they're fatiguing and they're older, and Toronto, this argument might be Toronto's best team. And, you know, they're playing very well right now. We talked about Austin Matthews getting healthy. That's intriguing. Um, Edmonton could play LA again, a rematch, right? If not, they play Vegas. Either way, I think that's 
intriguing. You look at the second and third, whoever it's going to be, Minnesota, Colorado, Dallas, they're all extremely close. That should be a great series. And then New Jersey and, and the Rangers. The second, all the all those two, three series will be fantastic. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's why it's important to finish first. So don't whine about the uh, about the format. It's all Thanks anyone for, can do. It's good competitiveness. But if you don't want your team finishing second, guess what? Finish first. Yeah, exactly. Pretty easy solution. Mm-hmm. So. Let's bring in uh, Ty Ramchuk. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I did not spend uh, the last week at Disney, but I will say, Jay, I think the lines are a little bit better at Disneyland. I think Disney World does it not have the reputation as being a little bit, uh, a little bit crazier at certain times of the year. Like I went in like middle of December once, and it was actually not that bad. So there you go. All right. Not okay, bad. I'll chalk it down. December Disneyland. <laughs> Uh, let's dig into this week's edition of Fill in the Blank, brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. All the latest odds for the NHL up right now, including still some future spots if you want to get in on those before the beginning of the season, or maybe you want to pick a Stanley Cup winner. Also, MLB opening day coming this week as well, which is always a great day on the sports calendar, uh, which is why I'm rocking the Phillies hat for you, Frank. I know I know there the Phillies are gearing up for a big year. Do it! Uh, let's get into things. Last week, I asked you guys a little bit about uh, some upcoming free agents this year, but I want to talk about free agents for the next season. Some guys who are eligible for extensions, and we'll do a little prices right. See if you can guess the first number in Ooh. the AAV of these guys. This is a contracts. dangerous game. It is. Uh, we got three or two RFAs and three UFAs for you to guess. Number one is Elias Pettersson, who is having just an incredible season on that Canucks team. When you consider how dis functional things have been for that franchise um for Pedersen to be seventh in league scoring right now 35 goals 58 assists it's incredible fill in the blank Pedersen's next deal will start with a blank Frank Pedersen's next deal Uh, I'm gonna say a 10 and even 10, you don't think he gets into that 11 range considering he's a centerman? I mean, maybe, but the thing is I'm looking at Pasternak, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the deal that he just signed, and that's 11 and a quarter. And Pasternak is 50 goals for the sec- basically the second time in his career, the, the shortened season pandemic uh, in 2020. He had 48 and 95 points. Pedersen, yes, um, I understand the center quotient. Doesn't score goals at the same rate. Obviously is a bit younger. Um, but the point production is there. So I'm going to say like 10, 10 and a half range. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, I, I, I know the most recent year always carries the most weight. And then they'll look back over two or three. And obviously, you know what? Hey, he's in a perfect time to negotiate this summer. There's no question. And, you know, that, that gets him a 10. I don't think it gets him an 11. Because if you go back two or three years, you know, then Elias Patterson is a guy who's around, you know, he's 1.03 points per game. But his overall points is a guy who's like 30th. Right. And and so I think that that does matter when the, when they're looking 38th, actually, in fact. So, I think that will factor in. That'll keep him at a 10, which is still pretty good, but I don't see him jumping into the to the 11 spot. 
Next up, we'll go to the blue line for a guy who'll be an RFA. Rasmus Dahlin, fifth in scoring amongst defensemen. That deal will start with a blank, Jason. Ooh, that's a good question, man. I'm going to say a nine. I think if you look at a lot of the, uh, like Kale McCarr is nine mil, he's an RFA. Right now, I know it just was signed, but still, um, it's Kale McCarr, and our and RFA's are still lower than UFA's. Um, there hasn't been a UFA defenseman signed in the in the double digits since Dowdy and, and Carlson, and you know people will say, "Hey, let's try to avoid that." So, I think it's going to be a nine because of you know Hamilton and McAvoy and Jones and Nurse and Warensky and all the others, and also McCarr. So, uh, I'm going to say nine. But McCarr, they did buy UFA years. A couple, yeah. They'll be buying a handful from Darlene if they go long-term, obviously. Yeah. Right, So, but that changes the equation a little bit. I, I think for the for the Sabres, it's it's really nice that Makar is at $9 because you point to Darlene and you say, as good of a player as you are, there's not anyone in this league that thinks you're as good as Makar, so therefore your number starts with an 8. That's what I would say. Even though the cap might be inching up, you think they could keep him below 9? I mean, Kale McCarr's contract is recent enough. Fair. It's It was signed in 2021. He's only in the second year of his deal. I That that would be my, my leverage. And I'd also say just look at team structure too. Like that's another big factor. Yes. Is look at the deals that have been signed now for, um, for Tage Thompson and then also for Dylan Cousins, they're both in the sevens. Yeah, defensemen are typically worth a bit more, but the season Tage Thompson is having, like, come on. Yeah. I, I'd say, I'm going to say it starts with an eight. All right. This next one is really interesting. In Carolina, they opted to go the bridge route with Sebastian Ajo, and that means at the end of next season, he is an unrestricted free agent. He's currently at 8.4. Frank, Ajo's next deal starts with a blank. Oh, that one's going to be expensive too. Um, it's all UFA years, right? And that is a big difference. Oh, it's a huge difference. It was already at 8.4. Um Here's the thing is like, I just don't know, like, so Carolina hates paying market price, right? Mm -hmm. And they always sort of like move on, it feels like. I just don't know how you could make the argument that that team is anywhere near as good without him. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say his contract I want to say 10. I don't know if statistically he can support 10. But I will say impact-wise he can. So I'm going to say 10, but I'm, I'm hedging a bit. Low 10s. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if any, like maybe in the 9.75 range on a long-term deal. Yeah. Go with your gut, Frank. It's a 9. I think this this one I think is a 9 for sure. They didn't even blink, though, at matching 8-4. Yeah. He's under a point per game this year, though. 33 goals in 65 games as well. Like He's good, hey. but I don't know if I'd go 10 with him. No, it's it's – well, I, I think it's bang on what you just said. There's there's not a reason he, – he's not an elite player. 
Yes, he's elite to me to get ten. He's million. elite. He's a really, 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 really good player. No, he's elite. You might, you might say he's great. He's not elite. I think he's elite. Right? He's not going to hit hundred points again. I, I think I, it's impact. It's impact on the game. I, it's not points. It's it's impact. He's elite. But what what impact is he making this elite? Do you watch the game? Like everything that they do, he plays runs through him. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's like among the most complete players in the game. So if you're just saying, oh, well, it's only based on points, like that'd be like saying, oh, Patrice Bergeron's disappointing because he only scores 57 points. But Bergeron's been point a game player, has he not? I'm just uh, I'm making a point yeah. that he it's not it's not necessarily what you see on the stat sheet. All right. Um, interesting. It's it's going to be expensive. It is. It just is. And especially just because he's a pending UFA, right? And he is the leverage of like, if you're not going to pay me, some team out there would love to pay me ten million dollars. Um, let's and wrap. He, so okay, so take okay, if you would like a recent comp, look at Dylan Larkin. It's almost the same exact situation. Team really needs the player. Player is and and Aho has has been in the 80s before point wise and Larkin has not gotten there and Larkin got eight seven on a long term deal eight years they're going to be the same age at expiration I'm going to say Aho is well north of that yeah I think it gets nine I don't think it gets ten like Caroline is a team if you if you look dig into their analytics and stuff they're they're all good. Right. Like they, the way that that team plays, you know, shot for percentage, goal for percentage, expected goal for percentage, it's all really high. Um, but, but Ajo's, Ajo's never the, like Ajo's more. Now he plays, I'll have to look from Puck IQ what his, uh, what his time on ice is versus elite, I would look at. But I like Ajo a lot. It's not that I, I just, to me, elite are guys like Connor McDavid and, and Austin Matthews and, and David Pasternak because they're elite at the most important and the hardest thing to do, which is score. Sure. All right, I'm going to go a different direction with this one. Both Matthews and Nylander, UFAs next summer. Can the Leafs get Matthews and Nylander both signed for under $25 million? Frank? Under 25. Yeah, if I set the over-under for those two guys and their deals at 25 mil, it sounds crazy, but like, Again, by next summer, if the cap's up 5-6, and if Matthews wants 14, almost 15. Yeah, it doesn't sound crazy to me. I, I think I, I would say yes. So they can get it done for under 25? I think so. Like, yeah. how much of a rate? Like, look, Austin Matthews was paid on potential mm-hmm. on the deal, and he's hit it with 60 goals. This season has obviously been disappointing, and now we learn that he's hurt, and that changes the equation. But how, like, like look at the Pasternak deal, eleven two five. Like, how much more is he getting from the eleven six he's already making? Thirteen, fourteen. Like, let's let's call it fourteen. Okay. Is is Nylander getting more than eleven? I don't no. think so. No. So no I twenty five. I'm just doing the mat working backwards. Like I. I'd be shocked if it's over 25. My jaw would be on the floor. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, if it's over 25, the Leafs are going nowhere. It's it's not going to be over 25. They like, don't I, have the room to pay. Like 22 million uh, is real. 22 mil would probably be high because that's two guys averaging 11. Like, um, one's a winger. So well, I they're already uh, they're already basically at 18. Yeah. Like Matthews, how they're much? At, they're at 19 almost. Like how much of a raise is Matthews getting? And what's he worth? Like he's honestly, got the open market again, right? Like if they. You're going to keep True. him. He might sit there and say, no, I want to be the highest paid player in the league. The cap's gone up $7 million by that point, maybe, right? And it's like, yeah, I want fifteen. Yeah. Maybe I set the line too high. Yeah, that's what I, I would say. You, I think you set the line too high. But also, like, kind of what, what we were just saying, like how much more is Matthews going to get than the 11-6 he already got? Yeah, like to jump, like if Connor McDavid's the highest paid player right now at 12 and a half, even if the cap's going up, does does any player in the league impact the game more than McDavid? How much higher do you do you go? Like if he wants to go 13, like Malkin got paid more than Crosby, so did Ovechkin due to the timing. And Con- that was the old days of what Crosby had like a 12-year deal or whatever it was. Um, well, McKinnon's going to be the highest paid player next year at 12-6. Yeah, so... It's 12, six. He, he just went up by basically a hundred grand. And he, so, he's exactly in the same spot that Matthews is this deal ends at UFA. So I think Matthews could go to 13 guys, maybe 13 and a half at the most. I don't see it going higher than that. Right. I agree. I set the line too high, which is why you leave stuff like that to the professionals, like our friends at points bet Canada. That's a wrap <laughs> on this week's edition of fill in the blank. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, it's a good question. Like, I think yeah. if, uh, you know, what, what they're going to, what they're going to do in Toronto, um, I'd like both players. Don't get me wrong, but you know, the NHL, I know a lot of people complain about what their superstars make in proportion to the other leagues. All you got to do is look at revenue. And then you have to look at minutes played compared to NBA guys. It's not comparable, right? Your best forwards are playing maybe 22 minutes a night. Yep. Which is maybe a topic for another pod, but I, I wonder if we could really begin to push the limits on ice time. These players are in better shape than they've ever been in. Why can't Connor McDavid play 30 minutes a night? Why can't he play 29? Well, well you ask him. The, I think the overall speed of the game would slow down a bit, but that necessarily wouldn't be bad, 
right? Like, let's be honest. If, if, but if, how much more production would you get out of them? Yeah. It's fair. Seven right? additional minutes per night times 82 games. That's a significant chunk of ice time with his opportunity to create. That's an additional 575 minutes a game, a year. 575. Yeah, you'd have, they'd be looking. And just, I was going to say, and more to the point, less time that your depth guys that aren't really that good are on the ice. Your fourth line guy, you're basically. Uh, you know, removing the idea of a fourth line. Well, could you go like, could you have your roster at, at uh, 19 players go 11 and six? Lots of teams are going 11 and seven. The seventh defense is playing eight, nine minutes. I don't think you're allowed to. I think you have to dress. No. Well, unless salary cap rules, right? But That's my what point I'm saying, was, about salary what, cap if you, rules. what if you change the CBA and the PA would never go because it loses a spot, but then you'd have more money to, you could take that 750 from your bottom end guy who's your, you know, and automatically give it to your top end guy. I've asked a bunch of GMs this question. They all seem to think that 22, 23 minutes is an, a night is a max for a forward, but I don't understand why they're perfectly comfortable with some defenseman playing 28. Well, the, the key is, well, I talked to D man and, you know, you don't have to rush up the ice as much. You can kind of, and they, they wear the, now a lot of those teams, Frank, they've got the little, uh, the little fob. It looks like a fob that they wear in their shoulder pads. It tracks all their output. Right. They do it in practice to see, okay, how are they skating today? What are they putting out? And then they'll see a guy. Maybe he's got a virus. Maybe he's got an injury. Something's low and they track it all. So I'm sure they might, they do the same in the games. And so they'll know where the player's at. But the truth is, the elite guys, they can do their outputs better. It's higher, not just in points, but in actual physical exertion. So it'd be a great scientific question. I don't think the NHL is ever going to give out those numbers, but they would have a good base to use that decision on and say, okay, this is based on the science that we have now tracked for the last few years. It's definitely something they could look at for sure. I'd be curious to have the conversation at least. Frank, have a good week. Rest up and uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now 
at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.